In an open-air classroom in western Kenya, I turn my back on 20 high school students to write an assignment on the chalkboard. Write a poem about HIV-AIDS. I'm 20 years old, dressed like a missionary in a floor-length skirt and a collared t-shirt, but technically, I'm a high school teacher. Although I've just barely finished high school myself, I'm living the young aid worker dream. Six weeks in a tiny chicken village in Africa, then back to college to show the photos to all my friends. I write letters home about the quiet beauty of kerosene lanterns, how much these people have to teach us. Kids line up outside my thatched hut to listen to my disc man. The school I'm teaching at is very new. 17 boys, 3 girls. At lunchtime, I actually hide behind a row of bushes to eat my power bars. I packed a suitcase full. But it's hard for me to hide, and I'm soon caught. What kind of food is that? It looks very fine. They're hungry. So I come up with a master plan. I get one of the parents to plow the field near the school in exchange for school fees. Another to plant it with corn and beans, and a few months after I leave, they should all have daily hot lunch. Gorgeous. It's a plan I borrowed from the school down the road, but as far as I'm concerned, I just solved the problem of African hunger. The school had one set of greasy, worn government textbooks, the books used by every school in the country. On my first day, I decided they were substandard. I could create a more meaningful curriculum. The students come in with their HIV poems. Age is a ruthless killer. Age is like a dark forest. The poems are decent, but the students are embarrassed. They're supposed to perform the poems for the younger children, but they're too shy, too quiet, especially the three girls. So I come up with another plan, a puppet show. Let's all make puppets, and the puppets will perform your poems. Kid-friendly, less shameful. I'm on a roll. We'll make papier-mâché heads and cloth dresses for our AIDS puppets. I bring in cloth from the market, some balloons, a stack of newspapers, a bucket of water, and a 50-pound bag of flour. Mix the water and the flour together like this, and dip the newspaper in. I turn around to write some instructions on the board. Chaos erupts in the classroom. Wooden desks are knocked to the ground, a bucket of water is toppled, one boy jumps over a bench and begins to wrestle his classmate. I give a sharp, hey, and they freeze. Scraps of newspaper float to the dirt floor, and flour is everywhere. On their eyelashes, in their hair, bulging from their pockets. A wave of realization washes over me, cold and nauseating. They're hungry. They're fighting over the flour. I ditched the puppet plan. I divided the flour among the kids. I promised a bag of flour to the highest performing student, but of course, I just ended up buying bags of flour for all of them. In a desperate attempt to make myself feel better, I began giving away my remaining power bars, my clothes, my disc man. No, no, my student said. No thank you, teacher. But it wasn't about what they wanted. It made me feel better. When it came time to go home, I left most of my stuff. I just took my film, my notebooks, my passport. I walked to the road, caught a bus to the capital, and I bought a big crate full of brand new 
government textbooks to send back to the school's actual teachers. She lives life, so you don't have to, ladies and gentlemen. Much gratitude to Anna Sussman for packing some snap along in her luggage.